your guarantee. But they thought that Oklahoma Nebraska was going to be a sick game before the year started. Yeah, BYU Oregon is just ugly though. Again, like I guess Bo Nix. I mean Penn State Auburn's not not complete trash. Yeah, it's weird that Week Three is almost worse than Week Zero. Yeah, like Washington not... Michigan State could be okay. But there's not, yeah. I think Miami, Texas A&M, yeah, that's a nine o'clock ESPN game. That's like the prime time game. That's crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah, there's not too much going on in the um, college world this week. Next that's a, week, though, that's a bummer, bro. Week. I've liked college football this year. This week was absolute crazy. Did you catch any of it? I know. I, I know you didn't. I didn't do. A little over fifty percent. I know you didn't do didn't do so hot. What were yeah, you watching? No. I was watching Florida really struggle. I thought Florida was gonna have a really good game. Um, they just really, really struggled and it was really tough. But Baylor and BYU, that shit was crazy. That was a crazy game in overtime. That sick. that would that would have been the difference between a really, really good night and like my kind of okay night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, the game we should definitely talk about is how close, how close Alabama was to losing that game against Texas. But I mean, finding a way to get down the field with pretty much not too much time. Um, not a lot of time on the clock. I mean, Bryce Young is a fucking magician out there, and he's doing his thing. And it was a crazy game against Texas, but they got it done right at the end. Yeah. Uh, man, you could argue that a different referee crew, Alabama, walks away with their first loss of the year. They got real lucky. I don't – like, there was uh, – a couple people were saying this is the first Power Five – non-conference team Alabama's played in like 10 years dude mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that yeah. absolutely like they looked shaky there was yeah. a lot of calls that you really could have you really could have considered a, a pass interference I mean they squeaked away with one and they got the the starting quarterback who looked incredible yeah through the first couple quarters got him out of the game. He won't be back for, for multiple weeks, potentially until they play Oklahoma. So an absolutely wild, wild game that, you know, I said on this show, I confidently took Alabama minus 21. I said, they're going to bounce back. They're going to look really good. Uh, I didn't think Texas was legit. I didn't think Steve Sarkeesian was, was all about it. And man, backup quarterback and everything texas looked really good and i was kind of watching I'm like what is happening i do think that this is maybe the least talented receiving core that alabama has had in maybe a decade it's wild name here's here's the only thing you need to say like and this is again crazy standards but what receiver in alabama is a first round draft pick this year i like uh I like Chase McLennan. I think he's going to be really good once he gets his stride in. But other than that, man, they're usually pretty loaded, man. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Chase McLennan is a running back, but he's he's going to be a first-round pick. But receiver-wise, I don't know. Gibbons is good. You know, he 
catches his stride. I mean, he's the main target out there. So when you're the main target in Alabama, you might squeak in there. But, yeah, it's tough. Maybe all these kids should go back to school. That's what I'm saying, man. If you had to draft college receivers right now, three receivers, maybe four receivers from Ohio State would get drafted before one receiver out of Alabama, which, man, I – I don't remember the last time that's happened. Not since, I, I mean, the last year that I can remember a big name receiver not getting drafted from Alabama was probably the year before Julio Jones got drafted. Yeah. Pre Nick Saban. Yeah. So that's, that's I mean, to me, that's a pretty incredible update on the state of college football. I mean, I, and again, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is, like I mentioned last week, the state of college football and the NIL age of college football finally catching up to Nick Saban. And they I looked do, like and they I looked like a, a problem. They looked like, I mean, we can, I don't know if we'll end up talking about AM getting upset by Appalachian State, but Alabama looked like a team that. It's a three-loss SEC team. Yeah, definitely could be, especially if they perform like that. They're lucky that uh, Bryce Young definitely got him out of that jam, just being amazing, a wizard. He got out of the pocket, got down the field, got in a position to win the game. I mean, crazy. Usually the running backs, the elite receivers are really carrying this Alabama team. Right now it's just Bryce Young. That just puts him in a super solid, you're the number one pick off the board, period. Regardless if your team has a quarterback or not. Fair. Yeah. This is very fair. I mean, again, like you're going to complain about the calls. That's college football. But, man, I, I do think if Quinn Ewers is able to stay in that game, I mean, college football landscape, shocked. And Alabama, like I said, not looking anything special. As as bad as Ohio State looked against Notre Dame, who looks worse, uh, I think you can definitely make the argument that Alabama has looked just as inconsistent. And I don't, I don't know, man. I, this is just something that's so new to college football that we're just not used to. Yeah, it's evening out. That's what it is. Other than Georgia, right now, Georgia's just steamrolling everyone on defense so do you have an updated final four i would kind of keep it the same i would say bama's up there michigan's up there Ohio state's up there georgia i think right now right now i would say my top four are georgia ohio state usc and Man, I don't even know. I'd probably have to give it to, like, Oklahoma four. <laughs> no. Yeah, Bama did not look good this game, but it does not take them out of the playoff contention. No way. I think the biggest takeaway for me this weekend is USC is back. I've already bet them next week. They're minus yeah. 11 and a half against Fresno State. I think they're going to win by 50. Oh, shit. They are the best team I've seen in college football this year. Granted, they played Stanford. They are going to continue to play a Pac-12 schedule for a few years. But the committee, one, absolutely loves Lincoln Riley. Two, the committee that chooses the college football playoff is a committee of humans, not robots. This isn't the BCS rankings. Three, Caleb Williams looks so fucking good. <laughs> like, I think I tweeted it out from the Money Back Guarantee account this weekend. Lincoln Riley should be already trying to scrounge together $12 million to get Caleb Williams to come back for his another year. <laughs> he looks that good. If he stays one more year, he can legitimately probably pull the number one draft class in the country. And USC will officially be back. That was a shotgun 
explosive ass offense with a majority of players that he didn't even recruit until this year. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. USC has the star power. They're starting to get people back on the sidelines, like back in the 2000s. I was incredibly impressed with USC, and I, I'm going to ride that pony. Anything under about a 12, a 13 and a half point spread, I will ride them un, into the ground. I think they're that good. If they can start getting Heisman buzz around Caleb Williams, they will make the college football playoff. There's nothing they would love more than a Lincoln Riley in his first year at USC, Caleb Williams Heisman candidate in the college football playoff. Yeah. If you think they can make it happen, I mean, I might might throw a unit or two on it if they look this good. I I truly do. I mean, again, Stanford, I can't say that. I mean, they're a Pac-12 team, but they're a good Pac-12 team. They're a big Pac-12 team. They have a lot of ability and they have a lot of talent on that roster. And they looked like they looked like a Mac team. They looked terrible. Like USC made them look completely average. And I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. had a great game. Ohio State's had great wide receivers. USC looked like they had another gear. So I am very excited to watch how that goes because I mean, if they make the college football playoff, you could see a real shootout with Georgia or Ohio State. Really? USC Ohio State would be an incredible game right now. It would I would the over could be set at 110. I would take it. <laughs> interesting. Interesting coming out of the college football world. Um great week, but we're going into a very soft week in week 3 in college, but of course, there's always opportunity for someone to uh take a bad loss. That's why they play the game, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, real quick before we get into breaking down week one of the NFL, let's talk a little bit about Saturday's matchup in UFC 279. Nate Diaz leaves it a win. Gets the job done against Tony Ferguson. Um, takes him all the way into the third round and then beats him with a game scene choke. First time that I've seen Nate Diaz actually not look like he's playing around. I think it was just more like, hey, I don't know how Tony fights. So I actually have to come in and see what he's got. And Tony, Nate Diaz looked really, really good. Bro, he doesn't even train for fights anymore. He just trains to kick people's ass. <laughs> yeah, but he says he is walking away from the game at the moment. Going to see if he can uh, do something that the other fighters haven't done successfully before, and that start his own promotion. And uh, with a nice shot at McGregor, yeah, clean shot at McGregor it was fun. It was nice to see. <laughs> um, so yeah, Nate Diaz, um, with the win, cash it, chicka chicka, yeah. And then Kazmat dominates Holland. I mean, coming in as minus as he did. minus six eighty overweight. Yeah, just good for you, fight. dude. Got it done in two minutes, choked him out. That was about it. So UFC 279, some fireworks for sure right before the uh, fight, but same result, kind of what we saw, Nate getting it done and uh, Chimea getting it done. So there is that. And right before we get into football, I just have to point out a legend um, Albert Pujols, three home runs away from 700, has plenty of season left to get it done before he retires. Shout out to the legend, Albert Pujols. And his steroids. Hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. It's Rob Manfred's, you know, balls that are getting him to fly at 400, 400 feet at like 41 years old. <laughs> <laughs> course it is hey man it's him all right are you ready to get into week one let's do it let's get into it what a intriguing 
I mean, let's just say it. Amazing week one coming out of the NFL. Uh, games that we thought were going to go the way that it did, didn't go. But until the very end where teams find a way to make comebacks. A lot of missed kicks. A lot of imperfections in week one. But we're going to get right into it. Three winners plus 220 odds or greater. That's crazy. That is insane. Absolutely insane. And a week one tie. That could have been two ties, but it was a week one tie. That second tie would have won me a couple hundred bucks. (laughs) Sucks. Fuck you, Steelers. They played a great game. A great game defensively, but they are definitely hurt. But... Let's start off with the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins win 20 to 7. They cover the spread and the under hit 46 was the under. Ty Montgomery and Jaden Waddle are your touchdown getters. Mac Jones hurt back. How do you feel about that? Uh, x rays are negative. They're currently going in for an MRI. Uh, I called it. And more importantly, they even covered my plus 145 alternate spread. I said, take the Dolphins for everything you've got. Uh, some signs of life from the Patriots. A couple bad calls didn't go their way. 100% pass interference in the beginning of the game. That would have taken them down to the one-yard line. Uh, who knows what would have happened. I mean, you really do look at two chunk plays by the Dolphins that were the main difference maker. Yeah, if it were any other team, I would be a little bit nervous. But I do think Mac looked good. Not great, but good. I think they're going to need to find a way to be more vertical with the ball. Uh, Mac Jones has an arm. He's been working on the arm. They've got Kendrick Bourne. They've got Aguilar. They've got a very fast, maybe not overall talented, but very fast wide receiving core. And it would be nice to see them use it. But overall, not concerned about play calling. I think it's going to take some time. September is the preseason still for the Patriots. Um, <laughs> if they go 0-4, I will be very concerned. But, I mean, against a good Dolphin team in a place they struggle, I didn't think this was bad. Uh, and I hope everybody who listens to the show made a ton of money on me picking the Dolphins because when I pick the Dolphins over the Patriots, you know it's serious. Yeah. Um, Jay covered that one pretty well. Um, Dolphins look Decent. I mean, Tua went 23 for 33 with one touchdown, missed some throws. A lot of plays did not look good. They were like weirdly ran, truly. And I don't know if it's just the left hand thing throwing me off, but it just looks kind of weird out there right now. But Tua's definitely going to have to wake up to get this team to score more than 20 points against a team like, like the Patriots that gave them a lot of opportunities to put up a lot of points, and they just didn't. So that, that game could have potentially been worse. They they definitely really didn't take advantage. Before we move on to the next game, though, Angel, I'm going to need a jilted X review of the game. How do you feel Tyreek Hill looked in turquoise? I think it was pretty ugly. I mean, he is saying all the right things to hype this team up. You know what that means? That there is a lot of flaws that are you don't see yet, and it's going to come out, and Tyreek Hill will expose it. My uh, my man Tyreek did have a couple drops. He did a couple drops that were that were kind of big on third down. Yep. Very uh, very interesting to see. I mean, he has definitely chosen to go to a place where he could play potentially really badly, and I think people would still be like, "Yeah, that's got to be a better ball." Yep, and yeah, we'll see how his success go. I don't think it's gonna do too well his week his year one with the Dolphins. So next game, very interesting game. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Eagles win 38 to 35. The Lions cover the spread of six and a half. Um, Eagles cover the money line and the over 48 absolutely got destroyed. Uh, Miles Sanders gets his touchdown. I told everyone he was going to get a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Hurts runs one in. Gainwell gets one as well. Bart Scott gets one as well. All three running backs get a touchdown in this game. Very interesting. DeAndre Swift 
Williams gets two touchdowns. Amon Amon Ross, St. Brown gets a touchdown, and DJ Shark also get one. What was the most impressive thing out of this game? Was it the Lions putting up 35 points and DeAndre Swift looking like the man now? Or the Eagles being in a situation where they have to fight to the end and they actually pull out the win? You don't see that from the Eagles. You don't see that from a young quarterback. And Jalen Hurts got the job done. I mean, honestly, a little bit of both. Um, they're both pretty surprising. For the Lions, I hate to say it, Dan Campbell, but same old Lions completely have the potential to blow teams out and just can't start fast. I am, however, just based on what I've seen, very excited for Jamison Williams to be active on this team. Yeah. I think having a deep threat to clear the field that they really don't have right now could be incredible for what they want to do. Yeah, um, I mean, the Lions putting up 35 points, though, these are not your grandpa's lines, though. They are finding a way to put the ball in the end zone, and it's good to see. It's nice to see that this Lions team is waking up a little bit. Honestly, it, it sucks, but same old Lions, same old Eagles. The Eagles get off to a big lead, <laughs> slow it down, and almost blow it at the end of the game. They yeah. take the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. They don't let him do the things he needs to do. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think both teams need to learn very quickly about kind of game and clock management, or it could cost them their season. Two very young head coaches. I think the future is bright for both these teams. I think they both get a win next week. Yeah, I uh, think the uh, Lions, if they see any spread over two and a half, I think you might need to take the uh, spread because the Lions are a team that can really, really put up points, man. They put up points in a hurry. So careful with these Lions. Next game, very interesting one. This game was played in a goddamn tsunami. The uh, Chicago Bears up against the 49ers. The Chicago Bears win the game 19 to 10. They cover the money line of plus 220. Big win for the Lions. The under hit. The under was 38. I mean, of course, the under is going to hit when they're playing in that type of weather. But the Lions getting it done, man. Crazy, crazy game. Not a lot you could do, but. They uh, found a way to do it. I mean, Pettis scores a touchdown. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown scores go. a touchdown for the Bears. And Debo Samuel scores a touchdown. If you bet the St. Brown TD anytime parlay, good for you. I think the only person to do that was probably their dad. But <laughs> other Extra than that. protein shakes this week. Yeah. Guys scored about a minute and a half apart. It was very fun to see on red zone. Was it the weather that was a really game changer in this one? If it wasn't raining and the sidelines weren't squiggly lines, do you think the 49ers win this game? I mean, that's just that's just Soldier Field. But, you know, uh, man, I uh, – I was very impressed with the Bears. I called the Bears plus seven. Thought the spread was too big. Uh, honestly, my question for you would be: coming out of this game, how do you feel? Do you feel differently about J Justin Fields or Trey Lance? Um, do you take anything from this game? Justin Fields leading them to the win. Trey Lance being leading them to kind of not much. Yeah, Trey Lance, 13 for 28, 164 yards and an interception. Justin Fields, 8 for 17, 121 yards, two touchdowns and interception. They were playing in horrible conditions, conditions that were just meant for them to run the ball and be mobile, and both of them were able to do that. Um, just the Bears more successful getting in the end zone. I mean, granted, there was one – weird play where Pettis was wide open and he was able to score. That's just Justin creating time and finding the hole in the defense. But other than that, man, 
yeah, I think this game is kind of a wash. You kind of throw this whole game away. The Bears got a win, 49ers lost, and that's about it. You'll get a real test on these quarterbacks week two. Next game, Jay, this was a ridiculous game. The Washington Commanders up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't even know what to just, I don't even know what to call it. But let's just start with Dude. the Washington Commanders covering the spread of three and a half and <sighs> the overhit of 43. Carson Wentz's numbers 27 for 41, 313 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. <sighs> Dotson scores two. Curtis Samuel scores one. Scary Terry scores one. Trevor Lawrence, 24-42, 275 yards. Robinson catches one and runs one in. Jay, this game. Dude, <laughs> I don't even know what to talk about first. Do you, do you think that the road to seven is in jeopardy for your, your Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, man, you that know? was that was when you circle and you're like, oh yeah, we're we're gonna take this one. That was solid. It was. A, I wrote this down as a guaranteed win. I thought the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars were gonna be able to move the ball on these guys. Carson Wentz was gonna be Carson Wentz, but no, we got the other Carson Wentz. You know, MVP for fucking 15 weeks and then shits to bed. Carson Wentz. He goes out and throws four fucking touchdowns. I mean, I think we need to start asking the question, Angel. The Jaguars aren't a good team, but are Carson Wentz's receivers so good that even he can't be bad? (laughs) I mean, he's in a position where it's hard to fail. I mean, Jahan Doxson is a really good rookie. Uh, Scary Terry got paid, and he's a really good receiver. Curtis Samuel is no slouch. Like, the Washington Commanders are a top five NFL blitz team. 100%. Absolutely. But, But, like, they are, like, 98 Vikings NFL blitz with Brad Johnson. You got Carter (laughs) Moss and Robert Smith. Like, they're that good. Like, the only, like, yeah, I mean, they're so, so good that Carson Wentz looks like he can't miss. I mean, I thought I was on drugs, and then we watched Geno Smith last night, so I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Taylor Fade, does Carson Wentz keep this up? I refuse to believe it. I, I Water <laughs> finds its level. Even Gardner Minshew is a backup at some point. I, I like you don't turn 31 years old, which made me feel super fucking old, by the way, lead a team to victory and then just become a Hall of Famer. Like even Case Keenum, you get one season. I I refuse to believe that we are going to see 17 games of this Carson Wentz. He's going to look OK and then he's going to look bad and then he's going to get hurt. Even Sam Darnold can look good for one game. One more t- Taylor Fade out of this game. Taylor Fade, the Washington Commanders competing in this division. Yeah. We're going to get to some other games, but I mean, the Giants were one set of brass testicles away from losing. Yeah. Philly looked really good, but I think Dallas's season is over. Yeah. I mean, they're the second. They're the second best team in the division right now. There Why wouldn't go. they compete? There you go. Uh, and the, the division Jackson... is so weak, they might compete for a wild card spot. Yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, yeah, they uh they got some work to do. They got to figure out what the hell Travis Etienne is actually going to do for this team. But next game, man, this was a heartbreaker. The Cleveland Browns up against the Carolina Panthers. Cleveland finding a way to win the game, 26 to 24. They uh, cover the money line plus 102 and the overhit of 42. Kareem Hunt is your touchdown getter. He is receiving one and he catches one or rushed one in, receives one. And McCaffrey scores a touchdown and Robbie Anderson scores a bomb. 
Baker Mayfield, 16 for 27, 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Jacoby Brissett, 18 for 34, 147 yards, touchdown. They Man. had him. They they did. I mean, there was a phantom roughing the passer call. And then you have very much an intentional grounding because Jacoby yes. Brissett just straight up refused to remember to spike the ball. Um which was called yeah. completely wrong. If the quarterback takes a step and then spikes the ball, that is definitely intentional grounding. That step makes it seem like he was going to throw like a quick fade or a quick screen for a first down or more yards. The refs completely fucked that one up. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, honestly, second half, Baker looked really good. Carolina looked really good. It will be very interesting to see what next week holds for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Because I think we could see a really big week out of all of them. Yeah, they lost this game, but they're definitely not out. They have a lot of spark in them. Um, It's going to be very interesting. The Browns needed this win, though. They definitely needed the so-called easy wins to put Deshaun in a good spot to come back and try to take this team to a playoffs or a wild card. Good win for Jacoby. I mean, he didn't do too much, but, I mean, your job is to hand the ball off and not throw the ball away, and he didn't do that. So, good for them. Next game, man, interesting as fuck. This is probably the game of the week so far. (laughs) Colts, Texans, ends up in a tie. The Texans go out to a huge lead. Looks like they're going to win this game. But Matty Ice, King himself, comes comes back, finds a way to claw his way all the way to a point where a whole bunch of field goals missed and a weird punt at the end of the game. Lovey Smith was playing for the tie. Tie game. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. is your touchdown getter. Uh, JT scores one as well. Random as fuck. OJ Howard scores two. For the Texans. Craziest shit. Davis Mills, 23 for 37, 240 yards. Matt Ryan, 32 for 50, 350 yards. He could still sling the rock, baby, 50 times if he needs to. Do you think Matt Ryan can take this team farther than Carson Wentz did last year? Not if he has to throw it 51 times a game. (laughs) I think this ends very badly. I mean, they, I mean, there's really only one story that matters with this game, though, right? RIP, my man, Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, man, that is tough. Rodrigo was a big name all last year, was a really good kicker, but he is waved. He is out of here. Bro, top five projected in fantasy. Yeah, waved. But there's a lot of teams that's probably looking for a kicker after this week's performance so he will probably get a home pretty quickly you would very much think so yeah next game interesting one man another wild wild game the Steelers up against the Bengals the Steelers come out with the win 23 to 20 covering the spread of six and a half and the money line plus 250 big money right there unfortunately as awful as it sounds, the under hit at 44 and a half. You missed the under, or you missed the over by a point and a half. That was tough, but you saw a crazy, crazy football game. Najee Harris gets a touchdown. Pittsburgh defense gets a touchdown. Jamar Chase gets a touchdown. Taj Boy gets a touchdown. A lot of injuries, a lot of stories out of this game. Uh, TJ Watt out for six weeks with a torn pectoral muscle. It looks pretty bad. T. Higgins was pulled out of this game with concussion protocol and a neck injury, so T. Higgins is still questionable for week two. And the Bengals' offensive line is garbage. Seven sacks. Joe Burrow threw for four interceptions week one. 33 for 53. He just had a 
horrible game, but only lost by three. Are the Bengals in trouble or did we really sleep heavy on this Steelers team? Man, I mean, it's hard to figure out what was more impressive. The Bengals looking like the worst team I've ever seen. (laughs) The Bengals almost winning that game. Yeah. And the Steelers managing to pull actually win the game. Yeah, it was insane. Like, what an all-time back and forth. I was very interested in this game. And uh, honestly, to me, the biggest issue is the Bengals looked so bad. And obviously, the injuries in this game were crazy. The injuries in this game might end up – leading this to be a pretty easy division to lock up for Baltimore. But you lose TJ Watt, which is massive, and the Bengals. You really need to take this one at home. Like, surprisingly bad by Joe Burrow. And he seemed to play quite a little bit in the preseason. I don't know if something's bothering him. The other thing is I know they lost, but I think Jamar Chase should definitely be getting about as much buzz as Justin Jefferson is. Straight up incredible game by Jamar Chase. Yeah. Should have had should have had three touchdowns. I mean, Cincinnati just didn't know when to throw a challenge flag. (laughs) Yeah, no, they uh, definitely have a really, really bright future with that receiver. But can they get him the ball? And win games. I mean, you got him the ball this game, four picks from your quarterback. It's just not how you're going to be able to win games. But at the end of the day, this is week one. I mean, Burrow didn't play. I mean, he, they played week three of the preseason just a little bit, but he was dealing with that uh, appendix issue. So he missed a lot of the preseason and training camp. But it's week one, I think. They found a way to – the Steelers found a way to steal this game, but at what cost, you know? Yeah. T.J. Sure. Watt is the heart of that defense, and you're going to miss him for a very long time. And, uh, man, mad respect to the long snappers, apparently. Well, because, man, Cincinnati lost that game because they lost their long snapper. Who'd have thought? the timing on that and you'd think that like you know someone on the sidelines would practice didn't really see a lot of practice say so, yeah, let's try and try it again yeah brutal made the best kicker in the league look very very bad but also like if you're that unit like looking at the one that he missed wide left because of the high snap you did it on third down that's the that's the reason why you do it on third down because if it's anything that throws off that kick, you pull that thing down, you run forward as much as you can, then you take a knee and call a timeout, get the snap in. You practice this shit, but that's the reason why they lost this game. Special teams failed the Bengals, but no one failed the Bengals more than Joe Burrow's four picks and the offensive line that allowed seven sacks. Next game, Saints-Falcons. Very, very interesting game out of the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints find a way to win it 27-26 to at the very end with a game-winning kick. Falcons cover the spread of 5.5, the overhit 43.5. Cordell Patterson and Marcus Mariota is your touchdown getters. Um Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas coming for his crown gets him two touchdowns. This Saints team, you know, they looked rough this game, but this Saints team looks like they can go for a run. They definitely can. Do you want to apologize to Cordero Patterson? Um, not yet. You know, still week one. I know. He uh, had a really, really good game, 122 yards. 122 yards in the touchdown. I mean, can't really uh, can't really hate on him too much on that one. I mean, he had a really good game. 
if the gimmicks are still there and Cordell Patterson's still that strong back, man, hell, this Atlanta team could be in for a very treat with Marcus Mariota being able to be mobile and throw the ball and all that good shit, but we'll see what happens. I definitely think uh, there were a lot of surprising quarterbacks and so much so that I don't know if Marcus Mariota was one of the top three surprising quarterbacks this weekend. Yeah, and he had a pretty decent game, man. Crazy. I mean, this Atlanta team, I didn't have a lot of hopes for them. I still don't, but they show that they have a lot of spark in them. A lot of spark. They are a team that could get a lot of big plays put together and could steal a game from you. So that Saints almost gave one up. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a very – very interesting for the Dirty Birds in Atlanta. Next game, uh, kind of called this one, but we didn't see it going down like this. The Baltimore Ravens winning 24 to 9 over the Jets. This is the only game that made true sense. Truly. The only game this week that made sense was this right here. Ravens covering six and a half. The under 43 hit. Jackson had a really good game, 17 for 30, 213 yards with a touch with three touchdowns. Joe Flacco trying to build a revenge, couldn't do it. 37 for 59. Flacco almost threw the ball 60 times, 307 yeah. yards with a touchdown. Uh Corklin is your touchdown getter for the Jets. Shot Bateman gets his first pro touchdown for the Ravens, and Devin Duvernay, crazy, coming out of nowhere receiver two for the Baltimore Ravens. He comes down with two touchdowns. Devin Duvernay might be the new OBJ. He shows that he can go the safety over the top, and he is a really, really good route runner. I did not expect that out of this Baltimore team. When I seen that he had two touchdowns and looked at the tape, he looks good. Looks really, really good. This Baltimore team, can they take this division? I mean, they definitely can. We kind of mentioned what a sorry this division is in. It's very competitive. It won't be easy, but, I mean, they look really good. And more importantly, it looked like Lamar had multiple receivers that he could trust, which is something he hasn't had in quite a while. And it does make a big difference for him. He's not that talented of a passer. Not saying he can't pass. Not saying he can't be a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame quarterback. But dropping back in passing is obviously not something that he is the best at. And, man, he's got some studs who look like studs. Good for him. Excited for this team. And, yeah, I I mean, the Jets are the Jets. That's about what I expected them to look like. Without Zach Wilson, I don't expect them to be that much better with Zach Wilson. They've got a few pieces. Sauce Gardner, shout out Sauce Gardner, looked really good. Looked everything like he did in college. Um, yeah. But, again, man, they just got a lot more pieces to fill before they're a competitive team. No, definitely get it. Totally understand them there. Next game, interesting, another hot game here. The uh, L.A. Chargers. Up against the Raiders, the Chargers find a way to win 24 to 19, covering the spread of three and a half. The over definitely hit. The over was set at 52. Uh, Herbert, 26 for 34, 279 yards with three touchdowns. Derek Carr, 22 for 37, 295 yards with two touch, two touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, Jacobs, Adams, and Brandon Bolden are your touchdown getters for the Raiders. And Carter, Everett, and Horvant, your touchdown getters for the Chargers. I definitely thought the Raiders were going to hit this plus 150. They had a chance to do it. Derek Carr is just not clutch. I don't think that he has that bone in him. Um, Herbert looks really good out there. He is losing his star receiver with a hamstring injury. Keenan Allen will not be playing on Thursday versus the Chiefs. What do you think about the Chargers in this game? I mean, 
man, kind of similar to some other games. Eagles, I think in particular, they just start really strong. They couldn't hold it together. I think the Ravens or not the, the Raiders are a little bit more of a newer team in terms of their chemistry. I think they'll take time. They didn't get future offensive player of the year, Hunter Renfro involved uh, very early, <laughs> which I think they needed to do. Uh, I mean, I think they need to figure out a way for him and Devontae Adams to cohabitate well. But Josh McDaniels comes from the Patriots. I think he's going to learn from it. And I think you're going to see a much better Raiders team going forward. That is just a, a hell of a week one game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Next game on the slate, uh, Minnesota Vikings up against the Packers. Before the game, the Vikings were at even odds. Right before the game closed, the Vikings were at minus 130 and at minus one and a half. The Vikings covered both, beating the Packers 23 to 7. The overhead as well. Aaron Rodgers looks frustrated as fuck out there with his receiving core. He goes 22 for 34, 195 yards. Kirk Cousins, 23 for 32, 277 yards with two touchdowns. A.J. Dillon is your touchdown getter for the Packers. Jettis getting two touchdowns in for himself had the game of his career. The kid was absolutely balling against this Packers defense that's supposed to be top three. Nine receptions, 184 yards with two touchdowns. 64 was his longest reception. Triple crown. Here we come. Here we come. The only competitor out there for Jettas after week one is Devin Duvernay. Season's young. Season's young. Uh, no, I mean, it was a great game by the Vikings. Justin Jefferson is by far the best player on their team. Justin Jefferson is the best player on the field. Feeding Justin Jefferson needs to be the top priority. And I I think this Green Bay team, they showed signs. And on their touchdown run, or their touchdown drive, uh, I mean, honestly, they lost this game because they had issues in the red zone. And you know, this could have been completely different. I I am not ready to punt on the Packers just yet. I think they're going to look better next week. I think they're going to look better the next week. I think they're going to look really scary the next time they play the Vikings. I will be betting on the Packers when that happens already. And I mean, man, I mean, I bet you Aaron Rodgers made one of, if not both of those rookie wide receivers cry in the locker room at halftime. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh he looked frustrated out there, looked really, really tough. Do you think Justin Jefferson has the game he has if Jahir Alexander was able to follow him around? Because the reports was Jahir Alexander was not told to follow Justin Jefferson. He was going to play his side and Jetta's dominated. Do you think that happens if Jahir is on him the whole time? I mean, there were a couple plays. I mean, I think they would have schemed differently. They would have moved him across the field like they did a few times. Uh, I do think that somebody this season is going to try and shadow Justin Jefferson. I absolutely think they should. I It's hard to say. I think Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the game, and I would love to know why the Packers didn't feel the need to have their best receiver on him. It doesn't take a genius to pick a part, part of his own. Yeah. Uh, kind of, honestly, like a very heat check game for Matt LaFleur. Yeah. They uh, definitely need to go back to the drawing board and see what they're going to do, especially with this rookie receiving core that they have. Next game, uh, very interesting one, but we're not going to touch on it too much. Not a lot of touch up on this game. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs up against the Arizona Cardinals, Kansas City Chiefs, taking care of business like they usually do, uh, covering the spread of six and a half and winning your boy's bet of minus 10 and a half. That was at plus 175. Uh, Chiefs absolutely getting it done. Uh, Mahomes, 30 for 39, five TDs. 
Uh, Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets two. Hardman and Forsen gets one as well. The rookie running back, Panchero, gets in for the touchdown for a rushing touchdown. Jay, this Cardinals team, struggling? Suspect. Yes, suspect. They're suspect? You don't think the Chiefs are just this good already? I mean... I mean, I believe I said it right. Patrick Mahomes is the week one god. He's the king. Yeah. We knew he was going to do this. But, I mean, this Cardinals team, this game should have been a shootout. Patrick Mahomes is that good. The Chiefs defense is not that good. This is a very large indictment on one Kyler Murray. I think it says more about Kyler Murray than it does about Patrick Mahomes because we knew Patrick Mahomes was going to go out and light it up on week one. But Kyler Murray, for all the contract shit, all the complaining about the Call of Duty clause, all this shit, I think that this was a very bad showing by the Cardinals. And if this is a sign of things to come, watch for Cliff Kingsbury to be assistant off or offensive assistant at Alabama by the end of the year. Oh, shit. Again. Calling for his job. Next game. Uh, interesting one. The... Uh, New York Giants up against the Tennessee Titans. The New York Giants get it done covering the spread of four and a half. Money line plus 190. The under hit 43 and a half. Barkley is back. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of the quads is back. He has shown that he is strong and healthy. Coming out here looking good. He is your leading rusher so far. 18 attempts, 164 yards, and a touchdown. Giants win 21-20. What do you think about this Giants team? Um, I think Brian Dable has a, a big old set of balls. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I think kind of been the trend is I think this says more about Tennessee and their inability to really get any sort of consistency with Derrick Henry. That looks like they were moving the ball all right, but they do, they look like they're missing some pieces on offense and they're missing some creativity and they're missing some continuity that ironically is now the head coach of the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, also, game looked like it was over, looked like it was going to cash easy. And, you know, shout out Brian Dable. I, the man who made Mitch Trubisky look good enough to get a $200 million contract, he's going to do some good things with Daniel Jones. I don't want it to go unnoticed, though, that it is still very much fucking Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Giants are uh, – I like them. I like them a lot. Danny Dimes and uh, Barkley getting it done, getting a receiver touchdown as well. This. These ain't your uh, grandpa's giants. This ain't your uh, Cochran's giants. They're going to get it done. This week. This week. <laughs> uh, next game, Sunday night game, probably the most boring game of the fucking week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting it done 19-3. to uh, Mike Evans is your touchdown getter. Uh, they cut the spread three and a half. Money line was 200. The over was not hit. The under hit 40 and a half was your under. Dak Prescott, 14 for 29, 134 yards before the injury. Tom Brady, not as impressive. 18 for 27, 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Cowboys are your only team to not score a touchdown this week. Cowboys, uh, Ezekiel Elliott did not look good. Cowboys offensive schemes did not look good. Uh, Cowboys defense did not look good. Dallas, full code red right after week one. Can they save their season if they go out and get another quarterback? Or do you really think the combination of Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci can get it done for Dallas in this division? Oh, uh, they cut Ben DiNucci. It's Cooper Rush and Will Greer. Um, they should probably bring back Ben DiNucci. Uh, they preseason quarterback the shit. Just 
they probably will fucking have to at this point. Um, yeah. What do you man. think about Tom Brady, though? A very, very, very rough game for him. Things were not same... clean. Things were... Uh, <sighs> timing was off. Bro, look historically. Tom Brady's always not great on week one. He doesn't play in the preseason. Consider September his preseason part two. Uh, I'm not concerned about Tom Brady. I'm not concerned about the Bucks. If anything, Julio looks incredible. Yeah. Holy shit, does Julio look good. Uh, Fournette looked like he had too many donuts in the offseason. He looked good. Very impressed. Patriots O-line, or Patriots, Tampa Bay O-line, those guards look really nice. And they're pulling fast, giving them a little bit more that they can do on the outside. Uh, Shaq Mason, huge pickup. Brady phone call guy. You got to love it. Dallas's season's over, man. <laughs> like Jerry Jones is saying, he's not going to put him on IR. He's going to keep him on the roster, even though he just had stabilizing surgery in his hand and is going to be out at least four weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a tough four weeks. They're not going to win. That team looked terrible on defense. It looked terrible on offense. C.D. Lamb is the lone bright spot. Multiple drops. Bad on third down. Bad line. I mean, Dak Prescott is giving me serious early Russell Wilson vibes without the Super Bowl. Like, people (laughs) forget that Russell Wilson essentially had a perfect team. Maybe one of the greatest defenses we've had in the last 50 years of the NFL. And a pretty solid offensive line. Yeah, no. The uh, Seahawks were built for success back then, but I don't think that Dallas or ever this good on defense. They have a long road ahead of them. It's going to be very tough for the Dallas Cowboys, and I think Chris Godwin's uh, hamstring knee injury is probably going to set back this offense just a little bit. But I think Julio Man. could fill up the shoes just enough to get the job done for them going forward. I think it's great. I think Russell Gage is going to step up. He was a little bit banged up. I think they've got a lot going on. Uh, I think everything is going to be good. And, yeah, I think I think we're seeing what happens to Dak Prescott. He doesn't have the best offensive line in football. Yeah. Uh, he's going to struggle, and he's basically Black Kirk Cousins. I believe we mentioned <laughs> that. Yeah. Next game, last game, Monday night was – amazing Russell Wilson gets booed going into Seattle and it might have helped him I mean the Seattle Seahawks get the job done on a very weird play call from the Denver Broncos at the end of the game the Seahawks win 17-16 they cover the spread of six and a half and your money line of plus 240 another big winner Geno Smith looks like how he's supposed to look like with the Jets he looked very creative, very, very good. 23 for 38, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Russell Wilson, 29 for 42, 340 touchdowns. Your touchdown getters for the Seahawks were Disley and Parkinson, two tight ends. Did not see that one coming. Jerry Judy gets the touchdown for the Broncos, cashing me my little bet that I had. Geno Smith. What a surprise. Something that we did not see. No one thought they would see. Uh, he uh, gets it done for the Seattle Seahawks. Do you think Geno Smith can keep this up? No. You don't just suddenly get really good at 31 years old. However, it is. Uh, it was fun to watch Russell Wilson just be bad. Again, yeah. Like I think we need to actually think about is Russell Wilson good? Because <laughs> the only time he was ever truly incredible was with a dominant defense and a really solid offense. I mean, we've a lot of coaches seem to have tried to let Russ cook, and it doesn't end well. A lot of coaches. It was one. And also, just as a side note, maybe the worst clock management I've ever seen $259 million quarterback, and you're just going to let him stand around for over a minute to kick a 64-yard field goal. 
Yeah, their uh, mindset was they had a certain line they wanted to get to, and if they got it, they were going to go ahead and kick the field goal. I mean, the field goal was left, but it had the distance. They had a shot for it, but at that situation, if you're paying that quarterback and you only need that certain amount of yards to continue to move the drive, I would definitely do it. The Seahawks defense is now losing their star safety for the rest of the year. I don't understand how you do not, try to move the ball forward and make it easier kick for you. It was absolutely stupid by Nathaniel Hackett. Already fucking up my coach of the year bet. Crazy as fuck. Cannot believe it. But the best thing coming out of this game was Geno Smith at the end with the quote of the year. They wrote me off. I didn't write back though. Geno Smith Comeback player of the year, write it down, stamp of approval. Drunk. <laughs> That's what you are. Now, let's get into picks of the week. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. The money back guarantee picks of the week. Bro, I got the easiest picks. I got what, do you, the, what do you have real quick? College football on the Tuesday show, and I am betting NFL football on the late week show. Uh, I'm taking BYU plus 152 at Oregon. I doubted BYU last week. Will not make that mistake again. I think Bo Nix is not great. I think Oregon is not great. Uh, I don't have any faith. They're just not. They're just not it anymore. Oregon is done. No one wants them in their conference, and they are going to lose at home to BYU. I'm taking Penn State, number ten, Penn State minus three at Auburn. Auburn is nothing special. Sean Clifford looks really fucking good last week. Uh, I think Penn State pulls it out. I think minus three is at the very least a push. Uh, I think if that game was in Penn State, Penn State would be minus six and a half, minus seven. Um, I'm going to bet my big bet of the week. Two big bets of the week. Ready? Number one, USC minus 12 and a half at home against Fresno State. It's Fresno State. Like USC just blew out Stanford. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to hammer. I would have hammered. I would have probably hammered 20 and a half. That's how confident I felt about USC. They're that good. And then finally, maybe the easiest bet of the week. I am taking Nevada plus 23 at Iowa. Iowa is such a bad team, dude. They're so (laughs) bad. They're so bad. And Petrus, Petrus, whoever their quarterback is, so bad, dude. Like, I mean, they have... The same fucking curse as LSU, but it's worse because the rest of their team isn't as good. Like, they're only good when they have a quarterback, and they haven't had a real quarterback since Ricky Stanzi. They're so bad. There's This is a night game at home against Nevada, and I think they're going to shit the bet. I also have some money on them, plus 11, Nevada plus 1,100, just to win the game outright. <laughs> Because yeah, they're just dude. No. They're just not good. Not that bad. They're that bad. I mean, twenty three. Like I, I can't tell you how quickly I bet minus twenty or plus twenty three Nevada. I think that is a stupid easy bet in a not great card. Not great lineup on Saturday in terms of lines. Definitely see that so far. Um, my neck, my picks of the week. I'm gonna go with Oklahoma covering the spread of 11 and a half over Nebraska. I am also going to take Penn State minus three over Auburn. I think that's a really good bet. I'm going to take BYU money line plus 150 over Auburn. My big spread of the week. I'm just gonna go ahead and give it to the Minnesota Golden Gophers minus 28. I think that uh, this team looks really, really good. And I have them covering the spread there. And I have Michigan State money line. 
Those are my Ooh. bets for the week. Yeah, I think Michigan State, uh, they're plus 140. Uh, they have a really good competition ahead of them, and I think they could uh, find a way to make it happen. Don't sleep on uh, on uh, Michigan State. Man. They could do their Damn. thing. My man's all in Michigan State. Who's their quarterback? No fucking clue. <laughs> no clue. Oh. Can't even pick him out of the lineup. Just I see plus one forty and it looks good. So good coach. <laughs> Could definitely pull it out. Yeah, I almost said Tom Izzo, but I was like, nah, that's basketball. <laughs> Those are our very confident picks of the week for you in the college world. NFL is absolutely amazing. We weren't able to break down uh, Chiefs and Chargers for you, but we will definitely break that down after the game on our next show. It's an easy breakdown. Chiefs are going to win. Hands down. Motherfucking Mac, baby. Return of the Mac. Right now, you know what? And my bet for Thursday, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 11 and a half over the Chargers. Crazy bet. The odds are ridiculous. I will get those odds for you All right. on our social. All right. Show bet right now. Patrick Mahomes is sacked more times than he has touchdown passes. I will. No. I am going to fade the shit out of that. I think Patrick Mahomes gets four touchdown passes and only gets sacked twice. All right. What do you want to put on it? I, you and me, baby. Name the name the terms. I think the next reel you just got to say that Patrick Mahomes will be the best quarterback to ever play the game for a for a, for a week two <laughs> Thursday night game. <laughs> My brother in Christ, <laughs> work our way up to that. I'm thinking like ten bucks. <laughs> All right, let's do ten dollars then. Make it easy for you. You know what? You know what? Ten dollars for each sack over or whatever. So if you get four sacks, two touchdowns, 20 bucks. Bad. Four touchdowns, two sacks, 20 bucks. Call Bad. it good. It's, on, it's right. on the internet now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Make sure you check out our social media. Pod on Twitter at money underscore back underscore podcast on Instagram. Follow us on anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Podcast One. There's a bunch of them. I don't even know them all. Follow them on Follow us on them. Listen to them. Tell your friends. Let's fucking ride.